When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago. What do you say? It's CHGO Cubs postgame show podcast presented by DraftKings. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. From our West Loop Studios, Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo. Cubs shut out 5 to nothing by the Padres. David Ross ejected. No offense. And Phil Cuzzy sucks. But hey. That's it. That's the show. We're, we're starting the show before 11, though. And they, they start at 8 o'clock. So, you know, like. Shout out to the pitch clock. Look at Cody bringing the positivity after a 5 nothing shutout. That game was stupid, and it was stupid from the start. Uh, like Luke said, Phil Cuzzy sucks. Phil Cuzzy is not the reason the Cubs lost the game tonight. But Phil Cuzzy, he, he changed the game. He didn't help. He didn't help. There you go. But and, and let can we just go over the first inning? All right? he, was a, he was a factor in them losing, but not the reason. They yes, lost. exactly. I, I, I want that ball, to be stated. One hard hit all game. That's why you yeah. lost. But I, I want that to be stated. I'm not blaming Phil Cuzzy for the loss, but I am putting some blame on him for helping the Cubs lose. All right. So first inning, Nico Horner starts the game with a walk, eight pitch walk. We haven't seen a lot of that. We've talked about how we want Nico to walk more. So you're feeling good, all right? Then Dansby Swanson comes up, and what happens? He gets uh, called out on strikes, strikes looking uh, with a – I don't remember what the pitch was, but it was outside uh, on the outer part of the plate. Uh, and then Ian Happ comes up, gets a hit. So you're thinking if Swanson would have got on, because uh, I believe that pitch that he called a strike on him would have been ball four. Uh, for Swanson, I believe no, it was a two-one, but it was a it was a either way far outside ball. There, they, the 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 strike that rung him up was uh, not a strike. It was not a strike, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian Happ comes up, gets a hit. So if if you know if Swanson somehow gets on, who knows what happens? You perhaps could have had bases loaded with no outs to start the game, uh, and then Suzuki comes up and. Basically, the same thing that happened to Swanson happened to him. And I, I, I just it's, – it's bad, dude. It's just bad. And the one against Amaya in the second, in the second inning, is, it was even worse. That was probably the most egregious it was one. The, it was one of the worst calls I've seen all season. Again, not blaming Phil Cuzzy on the Cubs losing tonight. I'm just saying he changed the game. The Cubs had some momentum in that first inning. They could have potentially had bases loaded with no no outs to start the game. They, yeah. 
or at least had a couple runners on in scoring position with, you know, whether it was uh, Suzuki, Happ, or whoever, could have had it. That said, they didn't get the job done. They didn't, you know, wisdom came up, and Phil Cuzzy had some bad calls against him, but he still struck out swinging. And he, what, three strikeouts tonight going up against a lefty? Can't strike out against lefties, man. That's the one thing he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be able to mash lefties. And Blake Snell has not been good, and he hasn't honestly been good since 2018. So, uh, it just, it's just... This game was stupid. Mm-hmm. It was stupid, and it just goes back into the – you throw this one into the jar about how the Cubs can't hit these guys who don't have good e- ERAs, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I hear you. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Baseball is dumb. Sports are dumb. I, I don't it's, – it's dumb. This this game was dumb. Well, I can agree that the, the called strike ball uh, – what's it called? Disparity yeah. was pretty uh, – Pretty evident in those first two innings. We have, yeah, uh, Steven's got the chart up right here um, between Blake Snell and Kyle Hendricks through those first two innings. Um, it was it was pretty bad. It, like, like you see where Blake Snell's getting a lot of those outside corners and, you know, maybe like a curveball running back into the plate can, can fool an umpire or whatever, but it was like he got a lot of those balls called. And I think the six of those right there in itself and – Three of those turned into strikeouts, uh, mm. called strike threes. Kyle Hendricks didn't really get it, and and you saw David Ross finally take a sh- take issue with that. Um, in the second inning, I believe is when he got tossed, um, and it was during that Gary Sanchez at bat that ended up being a homer. I want to say it was in that same at bat, mm. or I might be mixing up my at bats. I believe it was in that Gary Sanchez at bat, but either way, um, it, it kind of stemmed from again Blake Snell getting a lot of those like calls on balls that were that were off the corner and like we said that Miguel Amaya one was probably the most egregious but there was a few that didn't look like strikes from the start and he, you know he called them um, but then Kyle wasn't really getting anything similar like there was a few that were close to the zone especially in the same spot um, that wasn't getting called and that's why you know David David Ross yeah so Gary says same at bet yeah um, that's why David Ross went out and let Phil Cuzzy have it um because he was just he, he it was very clear again the disparity between what he was calling for Blake Snell and what he wasn't calling for Kyle Hendricks. Like you, you could see it, um, and even when the some of those pitches were hitting the same spots that Snell got, Kyle just wasn't getting it. And yeah, like you said, it's it's not the reason they um, you know didn't win this game. They just didn't perform very well at all. Like four hits total today, um, so that obviously doesn't help. But like Phil Cuzzy. Just, just the way he was calling pitches those first couple innings started to change the game a little bit because, again, like you mentioned that first inning, that like, could have gone a little bit differently had the Swanson um, called strike three not happened. Say I actually had uh, as a three strike strikeout, but the first and third were both called strikes off the plate. Like those at bats maybe change some things. Have do those you know if those aren't called strike three. So right, yeah, and it doesn't this, help. This was Angel Hernandez esque. Yes. Okay. Bad to average teams like the Cubs don't need help losing Phil Cuzzy. (laughs) So you're asking me, why did this happen? Why does this happen? Cuzzy sucks at his job, and he shouldn't be an umpire. That's the bottom line. But they have no repercussions for being bad as an umpire. So you know what? You think I'm old? Give me the robots. Give me the bots instead of the idiots behind the home plate. Like, he's bad at his job. 
Well, I, I like the human element, but when he's that bad at it, it's like you can't even play the game. Well, well I, we said it earlier. Me and Cody we were in Iowa on Friday, and we got to see the challenge system and? up close. And I, I like it. I mean, that's what I always like. Like, a, a, not a straight up ABS system, but a, a you know, a, a system where they can challenge calls. Because I guarantee. Swanson would have challenged that call. Guarantee Suzuki would have challenged that call. Probably both of the ones that were off the plate in that inning. Um, and they would have won, and they would have gotten those challenges. But they, I think it was they get three challenges total. Yeah. If you if you win it, you get it back. If you lose it, then you're down to two, then you're down to one, whatever. Right. So, and I, but, I, but what I'm saying is, like, from me, me and Cody agree, like, that was a pretty efficient and good system. It was quick, too. And they put the strike zone up on the video board so the entire crowd could exactly. see where the ball is going. So, yeah. Um, and I think that would have been helpful. They can do that in, in AAA. They can do that yeah. in MLB. I think that would have been helpful in this situation. Mm-hmm. Just on those calls in, the, in the, the, first, the first couple innings. And then even on the other side, you know, with Blake Snell getting all those ones on the outside, uh, you know, off the, off the corner outside, then that may have... Some of those hitters might have challenged some of those, and then Kyle obviously might have challenged... Some other ones. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm not I'm I'm still not full in on robo arms, but I think a challenge system would be pretty helpful in this regard. Yeah. Trevor and Gerard agree with me. We got a super chat. By the way, I saw Chef Kevin on there saying with the chef's kiss, this team is bad, that's why they lose. That too. Uh, also, <laughs> you know, Patrick Wisdom, it's an error, but it's not an error. That doesn't help Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. We'll get to Hendricks in a second. What was the super chat? Let's read the super chat and then I want to go back to the second. You guys hammered too. Hosmer for his lack of production. You wanted Mervis and Morell called up. Mervis has been horrible. No hit since May 23rd. Morell since May 26th. Mancini also terrible. Why not to hate on them like Hosmer? Well, Ryan Hosmer Downs. was a like seasoned veteran who is literally be he's literally not the future in any way. He shape, had no or form. no future here. He he's literally being paid by the Red Sox and the Padres to not play for them. And it's not that I thought. I never said that Mervis and Morrell was going to come up here and save the team. I said that I wanted them because they're young, and let's just see what they got. And they were playing well. They were playing better than Hosmer. I agree with you, Ryan. Yeah, Morrell, he's in a slump right now. Like, 0 for his last 18, 2 for his last 29, something like that. I think they said on the broadcast. Mervis, he looks awful against lefties, and he hasn't hit against righties consistently enough. I agree. But they're, they in a season like this where, yes – I still think that they should be playing meaningful games in September. You also want to see those guys play in a, in a season where you're still somewhat developing while trying to win at the same time. And he still has nine more home runs than Hosmer this year. He does, yes. Well, I mean, yeah. he's young, and he has nine more yeah. home runs than Hosmer. So I'm not saying either one has been good either, but... So, yeah, I, I hear Morel you, but also, like... Real good. I don't think... No one misses Eric Hosmer. I'm sorry. All right, can we go back to second inning now? All right, Jan Gomes, singles. He singles to start the inning in the second inning. It's still 0-0 at this time, right? So you're you're trying to get back. You're trying to get some of that momentum back that you you almost had in the first inning. All right, Jan Gomes, singles. Trey Mancini strikes out. He's been bad. We've talked about it. Miguel Amaya, like I said, the worst call. And you know what the difference between him and the other two? He did have a 3-2 count. He had a three-two count, and they called that ball yeah. that ball a strike. And if he gets if he walks on that pitch, you got second and third with one out. Morrell coming up, Nico coming up after that. Morrell ended up grounding out after they called uh, Amaya out on strikes. But again, 
The situation is different for Morrell if there's two guys on base instead of just one. That's that is what Ryan what Ryan's talking about when it comes to changing the game and in, in, like changing the game in some way. You know what I mean? Again, I don't know if Morrell would have knocked those runs in. I just said he's like in a two for twenty nine slump. But when those calls get missed like that. It affects the game, and that's the one thing the umpire isn't supposed to do. What are you uh, guys laughing at? Joel. Two, two comments in a row. Joel First, said, would help if they made the Soto trade last year. Am I right, Ryan? Hey, you're not wrong. Michael not Evans, Morrell's going to look good in an Angels uniform after the deadline. <laughs> wonder what he means there. James Ward says, dang, it's past Bongwater Barb's bedtime. Uh, I think I, Cody could use some compliments right now, meaning... He's got You're pants unhappy on. after a loss. He's wearing pants. What else the you trousers, want? Trousers, right? I'm trousers. frustrated. They had a chance to nice win the trousers. series. They had a chance We're to win the series. We're all wearing trousers tonight. Um, I'm frustrated, some, man. I, someone said that. I, I don't remember the exact number that I saw the tweet, but it was like <laughs> they were 5-13 and 13 in the last game of the series, like all year. Haven't won the last game of a series since like May 10th. So they're not – they obviously have not been great at closing out series. Like I, 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 think, I think going into the series, you say they split in San Diego – like you're fine with it, right? Especially like this is a tough. I did road trip. say on Thursday when we had the off day show, I said that if they can yeah. split in San Diego, I'd be fine yeah. with it. But yeah, but it's but, not but, the but, same but, Padres as last year though either. Like, yeah, they got the same record as the Cubs. They're yeah. bad too. It's it's yeah. like I think you're still fine with a split, and like you look back at it, it's like okay, they split that one, right? But like today, I think it leaves a little bit of a bad taste in fans' mouths just because of well, one, the offense just wasn't clicking at all. Um, you know, Kyle. Well, I guess we'll talk about Kyle, but the offense just wasn't clicking at all. Kyle just, he gave up a lot of contact. Not that it was, honestly, it wasn't even that much hard contact. I think I think I saw 20 balls put in play against him. Um, there's going to be bad luck, or, like bad, or bad bit luck that goes in the other team's favor versus his when you are letting that many balls get in play. And so I like, not that Kyle should ever change the kind of pitcher who he is because he's had so much success at this level doing that. But there's going to be games like this. like Those come with the territory with Kyle Hendricks that there are going to be games like this where some of those bloopers are just falling. You know, a ball gets past Patrick Wisdom at third base that ends up costing, I think, it was a run. Um, you know, things like that are going to happen when the, the ball is getting put in place so much with a guy like Kyle. And there will be games where he absolutely dominates. He dominated in San Diego last year, like a little over a year ago. Maybe about yeah, a little over a year ago in San Diego doing exactly what he does. He dominated eight and two thirds. Didn't have that same ability to dominate today. And you know there was a couple things like the pitch clock violations and all that stuff. But three of them, with Amaya them. catching, who did catch two of his five outings in the minors. But clearly, he and Amaya were not. We're not on the same not page. On we're not on the like, same page. What grade would you give Cody? What grade would you give Kyle Hendricks tonight? Because he did last <sighs> ten batters. He got out. I'd give him a C, just because he was still able to go. Like six. six. Six innings, four six runs, innings. He gave, four like, strikeouts, and a homer. He gave up the home run to Sanchez, and then the and the I think the two doubles scored a run, and then there was like two bloop singles that scored a run. So I mean, but we've talked about this with Kyle Hendricks before. Like, man, when he's on, he's he he can he can be great. Like he when he has an outing where he strikes out six, seven, eight guys, which is not something that happens every start, but when he does that, that means he's He's probably inducing more ground ball outs than than anything on top of, you know, getting those strikeouts with that changeup. And, you know, like, 
He only had four strikeouts tonight, which means he allowed a lot more contact, which means a lot of those blue pits are going to hit fall in. Yeah, I got two. He's a he's a con he's a he's a pitch to contact right. pitcher. He always has been. And bad calls will not help a contact. Exactly. Like he needs he needs command of the strike zone. Right. And he needs it from and the it, umpire and, too. And then it didn't help that him and Amaya no. were not on on you know on track or whatever, you know, three pitch clock violations. I'm not even really like necessarily like defending him or anything. Like it you can't give up four runs and expect to win, I guess, if you're the starter. I mean, it's not a quality start. Cubs offense obviously has to be better. I was hoping that if he if he only gave up the home run to Sanchez, you know, things could have gone different. But, you know, he gave up the home run to Sanchez and then, you know, wisdom, that error that turned into – that they changed back to a hit, I, I still think that's an error. I, I don't, yeah, and, and somebody in the chat said Hendricks needs his defense. He does. Yeah. When, yeah. If you're going to be that much contact, you need – that's exactly what you need. And uh, Joe in the chat said he looks good. No, he looks great for a fifth starter. I would say B minus to mm-hmm. C for, expi- for that reason. Like, yeah. we have to start evaluating him as a fifth starter. Yeah. He he started the game great. I think got two ground ball outs in the first great. inning and then got a and, and struck out Soto to, to end the inning. It was just the, the second and third inning that were not good at all. And But then he... He finished strong, and a lot of you know a lot of things that veteran pitchers are that are good. A lot of things that veteran pitchers are good at, the ones who are able to have a long, sustained career on days where things aren't necessarily going your way, still at being able to give you, you know, innings. And he at least gave them innings tonight. But again, yeah, the offense got to score runs, and umpire can't be bad. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> uh, Megan Montemoro, the Triv had a really good tweet tonight. You know, say it goes up there and the strikeout, everybody knows it's not. The Amaya one was the worst, but the one against say it was bad too. And it's something we talked about last year. He is so disciplined with the strike zone. He knows it. Mm-hmm. The problem is the umpires don't know it. So tonight, <laughs> tonight it was Phil Cuzzy, but this goes back and looks at his... Ability to know the strike zone and the umpires not to. Say has the second highest pitch percentage of called strikes that are outside the zone, according to Megan Montemore on, on, on Twitter. And you see the graphic on our YouTube feed if you're watching live on YouTube or if you want to go back and watch it and you're listening to the podcast currently on Spotify or Apple. Go back and look at this. I mean, all you see is a box with a bunch of orange circles around it. All things that were called strike that weren't strikes, and say a sitting there taking it, mm-hmm. and they're mo- yeah. mostly when, on the out, like on the inside or the outside edge. Um, the only ones that are actually they're showing that are in the zone are at the at the top. So I wonder if he would love. That would tell you he should ask for robot umps. <laughs> but I wonder what his response would be if you'd say, "Hey, humans are robots. <laughs> what do you prefer?" I bet tonight he'd probably say robots. <laughs> tonight he'd say was. robots. And I also wonder when that will start to impact his swing more. Yeah. When will he start to chase those more? Because it's been a, it's been a year of him knowing the strike zone better than the umpires. Mm-hmm. Not that he never swings at something outside the zone, but it's a long time. Ryan Downs, another super chat. Corner Suzuki, Swanson, Hap, all good players, but bottom of the lineup is not good. They need a big bat or a lineup eight deep of above average players. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, 
you know, Talkman showed some, you know, was kind of a lightning rod his week, the last week specifically. Didn't honestly today would have been a good day to bat him or to throw him out there just because Snell actually has been worse against lefties than righties, but whatever. Um, you know, obviously Bellinger, they're, they're missing Bellinger. Obviously, they're missing yeah. Cody yeah. Bellinger. Amaya, you know, he had a great game yesterday. Uh, not so much tonight. Did hit one to the warning track to make the final out of the game. If it would have landed, I would have won the hit parlay. Uh, but, yeah, Mancini, he's someone that, especially against lefties, he's got to hit. Wisdom. If Against lefties, he's got to hit, man. He, they, those are the two guys, especially against lefties. Those two got to hit, and they didn't do it tonight. And, you know, it's why, honestly, it's a big part in why they lost in, like, in the grand scheme of things, if you really think about it. Because Wisdom, despite everything that happened in the first inning, still had a chance to drive runs in, didn't do it. You know? Like, yeah. and Mancini's at bats, they're just so, yeah, they frustrate me, man. They frustrate me. I feel like he pounds the ball on the ground a lot. If you're seeing line drives from him, at least, like, you you feel different about him. Like, there's a reason a lot of fans are, like, over the Mancini thing. And the reason being is he hits a lot of ground balls. We talked about Hosmer hitting a lot of ground balls. Mancini's been hitting a lot of ground balls this year, too. I don't have, know his ground ball right off the top of my head. But, like, just based off my own memory, I feel like he's doing that. When he hit the homer yesterday, I was hoping that maybe – or ho- I was hoping that that could kickstart him a little bit because he, he did have a really good stretch – but over his last 20, 25 games, it hasn't been great. So he's got to get going, dude. And he's here for two years. They ain't going to DFA him. He's getting paid $14 million over the next two years. Like, I don't, they're not going to DFA him. So, Cubs, Cubs, sorry, Cody. Uh, Cubs lose five to nothing. Split. The road trip continues. Doesn't get any easier. And we'll talk about what's going on with Christopher Morrell in just a second. Plus, a uh, nice honor for Marcus Stroman, plus an update on Cody Bellinger. But first, Cody, tell us about uh, our good friends at ComEd. Well, ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. And that's right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments they can find energy-saving opportunities, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, that type of stuff. How's it work, yes, Cody? Let me tell you. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually last about two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers get a report detailing their energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, Cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. Get that free facility assessment as well. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's it, Del Mendo. Schedule it today. That was almost a perfect ad read, guys. <laughs> it was. Nobody knows. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Um, so <laughs> I was thinking about it, and, you know, we're uh, – Joey, our, our, our good friend Joey Spath, his birthday was on Friday. Mm. There was a couple weeks back where I was telling him, like, there's a concert. And it was there was a concert in Chicago on Friday for his birthday. And I was like, I wanted to go to it. Obviously, me and Cody went to to Iowa instead. 
Um, but if I were to have right. gone to this, you concert, gave away your tickets to this concert. Yeah, didn't I, you? I, I, you know, donated. Tickets, yeah, through Game Time, I, right? Ryan decided to go to Iowa with me instead of go to Taylor Swift. Okay, it wasn't even Taylor Swift. It was a, uh, it was two friends. Swifty. Um, but yeah, oh, by, I mean, okay. it's too late now. But if I were to have gone to that concert, I would have bought them through Game Time. Who schedules a concert the same night as Taylor Swift in town? Then you go, you know what? Let's wait till the next weekend. Two friends was like, hold our beer. Two Let's friends, do baby. This. Well, <laughs> two friends over Taylor Swift. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, game time. The Game Time app is great. It has flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. It gives you actually images of the seat view, so you can see what your view would be wherever you're sitting. Uh, and it has the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all that good stuff. Uh, game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Yeah, you get the images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy those tickets in a matter of seconds, two tabs, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Get those uh, Bears tickets. Oh, Bears. Yeah. yeah. I've done it. Done it. I've been, uh, over the last 24 hours, I've been uh, on Game Time looking at concerts to go to this summer. So, got anything you're eyeing up specific? No, not really. N- nothing big. <laughs> I can't decide. Well, but if you're gonna, <laughs> no, but if you're gonna buy those tickets, I was gonna say if you're yeah. gonna buy yeah. those tickets, that's what I'm saying. That's why game time's the best. I can just do it last at the last minute. So, our good friend Brendan used it just tonight to buy Cubs Padres tickets. Yep. Uh, Christopher Morrell, what's going on with him? Um, Free game work at first base. We keep trying yeah. to find a position for him. Yeah. Um, the bat's not working. Right now, but he is working at first base. <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of what I don't want to say I warned everyone or I saw this coming, right? Especially after that first couple weeks he had, I was like, oh, maybe he's you know proven everyone wrong. Uh, but it was one of my concerns with him is that he didn't really have a defensive position, um, at least one that they tr- trusted in, in him a lot. Um, so they didn't have that, and you know the strikeout rate is high. The the, the power was there clearly when he was on, but when it wasn't, like, he just you, – you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him, and he's been slumping pretty badly the, the last couple of weeks. I mean, what his strikeout rate is at – going into today was 36.6%. Um, and his WRC Plus is still actually at 164 going into today, but that's, you know, how much of that came from those first couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know. The first base thing, that, that was pregame work today? Was him getting work at first base? Yeah. So I don't know exactly what that means, right? I mean, I <laughs> well, it means Mervis is struggling too. The, the, in my eyes, I, yeah. I'll say this: like, I've seen, I've watched the marquee pregame on the weekends when we're not here, and 
he's I've seen him taking ground balls at third base, and they haven't been playing him at third base. So like I, I mean, I ain't against it because how hard can it be to play first base for someone like him with the kind of athleticism he has, and he has the power, so it like makes sense in a way. And like if it if it opens something up for him, great. I I don't know. They're well, that's they're what hoping he'll be a jack of all trades. Yeah. Right now they're turning him into a master of none. Damn. Give him a spot. Pick one. I think so. Well, too. there was um, a tweet actually from you know friend Jordan Bastion of MLB.com. Uh, if we can get that up, yes, yeah, so Steven's got it on the board or on the uh, screen right now. Uh, he's, he from Jordan Bastion. Christopher Morrell is mired in an 0 for 18 funk through three at bats tonight. He said pregame he feels he's been overthinking when DHing, and it's led to him chasing out of the zone more. They're not changing anything. I changed Morrell said of pitchers' approach to him. Again, that's from Jordan Bastion of MLB.com. Uh, and then he has a graph of Morrell's, you know, 15-game rolling average, outside uh, zone swing percentage, and weighted on base average. Um, and you can just you can kind of see where he's coming from. Like the, it seems the last couple games at least that the the outside swing percentage has started to go back down. Um, but even with that, the the weighted on base average is is pretty low over the last couple games uh, compared to where he was previously and. I don't know how much of that comes from just DHing. Like, it, I guess in like a in a theoretical sense, like it would make it where he you know only having to focus on hitting mm-hmm. would make it so that like I don't know, it feels like it should make it easier. But maybe that's the thing is like now that he's only when he's DHing, he's only focused on hitting. Then he starts to overthink it a little bit more versus like splitting his time between you know thinking about hitting, thinking about being in the field, that kind of stuff. I don't know exactly the, um, you know, I don't know exactly the the, the effect that really has uh, overall, and and if he can get out of it. But it's been obviously it's it's like a it's a prolonged little bit of a slump there, um, where the, the strikeouts are there. He's he's chasing, which is something we saw from him last year when he was going through his struggles. Like that was starting to become part of his game. Yeah, it's a, it's a slump, and you hope he can break out of it and. Uh, you know, th- maybe this first base thing is seeing if there's another spot you can get him into the into the field where he's not DHing. He's right. actually playing a position too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's a lot going on for a guy like Morrell who has the you know, he has the raw power. I think he has some good raw tools, and he's still very young. Um, but it's it's just not been a good week and a half, two weeks now for him, especially you know compared to where he started this season. Not, it's weird. Not shocking. Yeah, I was right, getting ready right. to I say mean, that. He's a young it's not, guy. It's, not, it's, it's still not, not surprising. Shocking. I mean, uh, I saw someone in the chat earlier. It might have been Ryan Downs uh, who, we, who gave the super chat earlier who said that, you know, he's a, a poor man's Javi Baez and something else about how, you know, he's just not a he's, – he's not an everyday player at the, ML, at, at the MLB level. Or he's not a good baseball player at, at the MLB level. And I, I agree with the Javi Baez comparison – to some aspect, but I don't think it. it's not decided that he's not a good Major League Baseball player. He's 23 years old, and you you see the athleticism, you see the speed, and you see, like Ryan said, the raw power. There's, there is a lot of potential in there, and I know potential is a dangerous word because we've seen plenty of guys who don't who don't pan out, right? But you hit nine home runs in 12 yeah. games. That, that, that shows something. Does he have a lot to improve on? Yes. Do the Cubs, in my opinion, do the Cubs need to just play him at one or maybe two different spots? Yes. Uh, and that's honestly, that's kind of what they've done since the bad game he had in right field. You've, 
we've mainly seen him be playing DH or uh, center field of 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 recent, and so <laughs> I, I you know if they want to try and get him some time at first base because they're not getting any production at first base, I'm I'm fine with it. But mm-hmm. they, I I just think that Morell is a guy that. And it, I sound like I'm talking about Javi Baez at the same same time. I'm thinking back to like 2014. It's like you got to give the guy time. You just you just do. He Javi Baez is in 2014 that first stint. He he was striking out 40 some percent of the time, uh, and he somehow got that down to like 30 percent of the time, right? And I'm not. I don't. I don't know if he could ever reach the, the any kind of level of Javi Baez, but. We've seen enough to where you you can you can see that there's something there. I don't know if he can be like an everyday player, but he can definitely be a guy that can can play a few three four times a week at the very least on a good team, in my opinion. One day, which would you say is more surprising to you right now, his current slump or his red hot stretch of nine home runs? Huh. I'd say it's equal. Yeah, I, just, I maybe I'd lean more towards the nine home runs because it's, it's so it's incredible. So this incredible, is not right? this is not incredible. This happens to lots of players, yeah. especially young guys. Yeah. Still, Agreed. Still the home run thing transition. is you're right. The home run uh, thing is probably more. But but I I get where you're coming from because that knowing what we know about from Morel from 2022, mm-hmm. like that feels like that like a, he feels like a player that's gonna have really high highs <laughs> and really low lows, especially while he's this young, still developing, still you know, acclimating to the major league game versus what he did in AAA. AAA, he was insane. Um, but it's obviously a really harder jump to go from major leagues, uh, to go to the major leagues from AAA. We know that, and um, no one was expecting him to. I, I, I was not expecting him to keep up that first 12 games or whatever it was, nine home runs. Like, that was a pace that was awesome to watch while it was happening, but you knew there the other shoe was going to fall. Um I, I'm not gonna say I knew it was gonna he was gonna drop off this badly in his last nine games coming into today. Uh, he was hitting his batting average was .077. He had a two hundred point yeah point two hundred on base percentage and a .277 OPS in his last nine going into today. And obviously the numbers probably look worse. I, I don't remember exactly. Was he zero for four today? Did he yeah, he didn't do anything. Today. Okay, so. Um, over three today, so the numbers don't look any better than what they did coming in. Oh, so that's yeah. ten games now, um, where he's been and he's been mired in a slump, and he's a young guy. He's gonna have to break out of it at some point. Like that's what you got to do at this level. Is you, but it's also to the point where we talked about this, like in April, like or in May, like the Cubs are still kind of walking this fine line yeah. where they want to be competitive and and compete in a, in a admittedly bad division, like they're. Whether well, five and a half games or out right now, like Milwaukee st- lost again tonight. I think so. I think Pittsburgh might have won. I I don't know exactly, but oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh, so did Pittsburgh's won. now in first so place. So, but so it's like this division is not over by any means. And on June fifth, even though the Cubs just lost to the Padres, like there's still very much a chance, and they want to compete and want to try to win this division. But they're also got guys like Morrell who's struggling, but they need to develop. Right, Matt Mervis is struggling himself. He hasn't really turned it on much all year, uh, but he's got to develop too. So they have. Uh, I think Ravi might have said is like that's that's one of those pitfalls or when you have to be careful mm-hmm. wanting all these prospects up and and developing at the big league level, but then also wanting the Cubs to be a competitive ball club because now you have multiple prospects on the you know starting a lot or at least playing a lot or they're on the major league roster and aren't doing too well 
and obviously not helping the team win any more games than they what what they already were doing. So yeah, it's that fine line that we've talked about. It's like it's hard to be competitive while also developing prospects at the big league level. And obviously the Cubs are not doing it successfully right now. Can they turn it around? Can Mervis and Morrell start to improve as the Cubs maybe start winning a few more games? Like it's possible, but it's hard and they're not doing it right now. And you, I mean, I don't see a path where I don't see right now a path where they start doing that successfully. It has to come from Morrell and Mervis playing better. And from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, that that's not what's happening. So they, they no. it's, it's, it comes down to them. It comes down to it, the prospects playing better. As, as far as, you know, fixing a certain position or whatever, I did see that Jaime Candelario is, like, kind of in the rumor mill for, like, a as a trade deadline acquisition. Former Cub. We'll see. I, 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 again, I saw a tweet, and I scrolled past it and, and chuckled a little bit because <coughs> Cubs, buyers? I mean – I still think the Cubs could be buyers and sellers in this deadline. I don't think they should be selling off Stroman and Bellinger and all these guys. Uh, Smiley, I, I I just don't. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that if things don't get better. But uh, this team, if they do that, then they're just putting themselves in the exact same position that they were coming into this year for next year. So uh, it'll be interesting to find or to see. It'll be interesting to see where this team is at the end of um, July. But, you know, I've been, you know, a little angry on this podcast, and I've been frustrated, and I've complained a, little a lot. Bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. But, you know, to split the Padres, go four and three against the Padres this year, and you won two out of three against the Rays the series before, after getting swept by the Reds, I guess in the grand scheme it's not so bad. Now you got to go play the Angels and hopefully take a series against them. But – I don't know. I just felt like I felt really good about this game tonight, and I think that's why I was a little frustrated. Um, Ryan is 100% right that in what you're saying, and the idea is the hardest part of the rebuild is not the sell-off. For the fans, the, emotionally, that might be the hardest part. The hardest part is building it back up. Mm-hmm. Like The easy part is trading guys away and saying, oh, this prospect's great, this prospect's going to be great. The hardest part is the path from that point forward, and that's where the Cubs are. No matter what step you think they're on, that's still the hardest part. And as far as Morrell goes, I, he needs to be here. He has nothing to prove it at Iowa. The comparison I always put in my head more than Javi, I get the Javi comparisons mostly because of the energy. Yeah. Like yeah. the energy they bring. But yeah. Javi was an electric defensive player at times too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, this completely reminds me of a Soriano stretch at the end of his career where he'd hit like seven bombs in a week and then the next week strike out every single time at bat. Like that's, yeah. that's the roller coaster you got from Soriano. So that's, that's who I see. So I, and you mentioned Bellinger. Rick Sutcliffe thinks he's going to Arizona. He would help. But as far as buying off and selling right now. And you said Rick Sutcliffe said he thinks he, he's going to Arizona. That's not as the, a trade yeah, as to work out in complex, Arizona. My bad. My playing bad. the complex league or whatever it's called. <laughs> Cody yes. was like, what? What? No, I Good wanted catch. to let the, them yes. know that. The, he's not being traded to Arizona yet or anything <laughs> like that. He's going to work out at the Cubs facility in Arizona, and hopefully he comes back. Um, 
I can't think about them adding yet because they're in fourth place in a putrid division. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they can't get back up in this division because it's so bad, but there's no other way they're a competitive team other than in this division. So or they the got to make progress in this division yeah. before I can consider them yeah. not being sellers. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is, like, they've pulled those levers, right? Yeah. Like they, they pulled the Mervis lever. They pulled mm-hmm. the Morrell lever, the ones that everyone wanted them to pull, and they're still seven games below 500 right now. Right. They're still in the kind of the same position they've been in for the last month. So those levers were pulled now, and that's what I'm saying. is like now it's at the point where, okay, you have no real other, like, big-time levers they can pull that can maybe spark this team. Like, maybe some of these minor league guys can come up and provide a little bit of a spark. But, like, as far as the big ones that were, like, now, 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 right. you did that with Morrell already. You did that with Mervis already. Now, again, it's on those two guys to just play better. It's on the whole team to play better. And they just got to win some games. Like, there's yeah. it's no, it's nothing – and that's as, as the, that's as simple as you can put it, but that's where they're at. Is it's June fifth. If they're still in this same position a month from now, I'm not. I can't rule out that Jed's gonna sell because that's what they've done the last two years. Is they've sold. Right. They you know especially 2021 that June that losing streak at the end of June that bled into July is what ultimately decided what they decided what they did at the trade deadline. I can see that's why that's why I wrote last week like this month is so huge because this month could very well decide what Jed does at the trade deadline. Like, it still feels so far away, yeah. but you you'd think that he's probably got an idea of where he wants to go at the beginning yeah. of July, right? So it's yeah. really only like he a knows. month. It's really only like a month. So they just have to have to win games. They have to win games. Mervis got to play better. Moraz got to play better. Everyone's talking about wisdom, um, especially against left-handed pitchers, and he has been. Not as good against them lately as he was maybe even earlier in the season. I I, I get that too. So he's got to play better. It's like everyone's just got to play better and win some games, man. The starting pitching can't do it on their own. These hitters got to <laughs> they got to score runs. Like they got to win games. That's that's a, that's as as simple as you can put it. But that's just yeah. the, the end game is just winning games is going to stop you from being a seller right. at the trade deadline. Agreed. I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. Cubs are six games back in the Central. Only a half game behind Cincinnati for third. So, whatever. Thing is, is Milwaukee and Pittsburgh are kind of red hot right now. Pittsburgh's won six in a row, and they're playing the athletics. I mean, the Cubs could be – if they lose the first two against uh, the Angels and the, and the mm-hmm. Pirates sweep the A's, you know, they could be, you know, <laughs> eight games out of first by the middle of the week. So, like, they got to – they got to continue to play the way they did mostly against this Padres team and and pitch it like they definitely did against the Rays and most of the series against the Padres. So, I mean, we were sitting we were sitting uh, on the couch talking about the schedule and we we've, we've all kind of come to the realization that the schedule it doesn't get easier or harder. It's just tough all around because of how they made it now, right? Like you know, they're playing the Angels this year. Then they go play the Giants, who they play every year. But, like, there's, they're playing a lot more American League teams. And, you know, the American League's tough. But the thing is, is so are the other teams. You know what I mean? Like, the Reds were just in Boston this past weekend. The Cardinals are in Texas right now. Uh, and they just lost on a walk-off. Just wanted to mention that. You know, like, the point that I'm making is, is that they're also playing tough schedules. And that's why the Cubs are going to – probably be hanging around because no one's going to run away with this 
unless we are all really, 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 really mind-blown by the Pittsburgh Pirates because I don't see Milwaukee doing shit. So, like, I'm really impressed with what Pittsburgh's done. Again, they won six in a row. I know it was against the Athletics tonight, but, like, they've been impressive. I I saw Robbie in the chat say, I lived through the 90s. (laughs) Restart the rebuild. Do it the right way. You also lived through the 90s. I did. And, And I know what he's saying, like, if they're not winning, the only way the Cubs finally won the World Series was tearing it down to the studs and rebuilding. Now, they basically tried to do it again, and we don't know if it's going to work yet because a lot of the guys that they've added are a little more staggered. They're not all top prospects like they were at that time. And let's face it, they bottled up a little bit of luck in that and a little luck and magic into that group too. So there's no guarantee in that either. But I know what Robbie's saying, having lived that myself, it's like, don't, don't give me Gary Gaetti. Don't stop putting Band-Aids if you need to tear it off. Like, I don't, they're, they're not going to do that. The, the, the problem is with that, that worked when they did it with Theo coming into town. Theo's gone. Some of the luster of the whole rebuild phenomenon has worn off, and Cubs did win the World Series. Expectations changed. No longer does the fan base say, I got another decade, rip it off, like what Robbie's saying, because he lived through it. The next generation of Cubs fans are like, hell no, I ain't sitting around for five more years of a rebuild. Get it right, Mm -hmm. or we're not going to come to the ballpark. Mm Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. That's, you know, that's another decision. I just think it's, they are in a tricky spot if this path continues for another month. Well, that's why the optics of a sell-off for the third straight year for one of the biggest market teams in baseball, the optics of that is is bad. I and yes. I they they do not they should not be they selling. They do not want to sell of a trade. I, I could promise you that they don't want to trade or sell at the trade deadline. But again, like I don't think because Jed Jed talked about it that a couple or last week or the week before, whenever it was that we talked to him that just. The trade deadline is on the mind because you, you kind of has to be, right? Whether Regardless of, of where you end up in July, like even a couple months before that, like the trade deadline is just on the mind because of where you're at, right? Like every team is going to get to the trade deadline and either sell off some of the trade pieces or buy some of the trade pieces. Not many, you know, just stand pat and don't do anything. Not many. Um, so the Cubs are actively thinking about it is, is probably the best way to put it. So Jed, Jed is probably at the point right now where it's like, man, like we're seven games below 500. We're kind of on that path where we're going to sell again. Um, and I don't think that he won't. Like if it gets to the point where they're just, they're out of it, as bad as the optics look of another sell-off, especially in a, you know, another season where you promised a more competitive ball club. I think if it gets down to it, he's going to pull that trigger again because that's, you know, that's just where they're at. Like he's, he's not gonna. He's I not just gonna. Think it he's not gonna add and put band aids. Yeah. Like, as you said, to put band aids over it just to, you know, try to f- get this team right to this year with rental players or players that aren't part of the future. Right? If they're at that point where it, it looks like they might have to sell off, they might have to sell off because, you know what? Like it's, it's, it's to the point where the season is not going the way they wanted it to go. They may have to punt till the next season. Which again, optics it, are terrible, but I can't say that he won't do it. Especially if some of the young guys you're counting on don't look like they're gonna make that next step fast enough. 
right? Really, it's a lot, some of it's about the farm system. Some of it's about guys we're not seeing, but guys don't just get to the big leagues usually and Chris Bryant that thing. Like, Morrell is way more common. Mervis is way more common. So, that, that'll factor into the whole thing. Uh, we had another super chat, right, before we uh, – two of them. What's do Mariano, uh, Mariano says, yeah. Uh, I've seen enough of Mancini. He can't hit 92 miles an hour. Let Mervis develop. Let the young kids play. I wouldn't trust Phil Cuzzy <laughs> driving a 1925 <laughs> Buick. Listen, Mervis, man, he just does not look great against lefties. I know he's you got to maybe try and put him in some situations against a left-handed hitter eventually, but I'd rather see him face righties especially with how he's playing right now. 179 batting average, 67 at-bats, 12 hits, and two home runs. Yeah. It's a small sample size, but below 200, Yeah, not ideal. Right. And, you know, what's weird about Mervis is that the defense has actually been pretty good, and that was the big thing everyone was like, oh, this guy can't play defense, and that's why the Cubs are holding him down down there. And the defense has been fine. He's picked. He's he's made some nice picks at first base, uh, and you know seems like he he's settled in over there defensively at least. But Two yeah, defensive runs saved. Yeah, the I didn't know that, but you know, which is which just act like not, I knew that. But. Being negative would be bad, right? Yeah, so right, being right. Was good, <laughs> but again, like I just I want I want Mervis to play every day against righties until. Until we get to like at least 150 at bats and things haven't changed, that that's me personally, and that and this is me, the guy who wants this team to win and and not be selling the deadline. But we're they are like, you want to see man, you want to see Mancini every single day, like a guy who I think is only better against lefties than compared to righties, even though he struggled tonight. Like I I just think that that's how they should be doing it. We talked about it in the off season. Uh, when they did get Mancini, and we talked about how, well, Mervis will probably make his debut eventually, and then you can use the two as a platoon, and one can face righties and one can face lefties. And that's just kind of how I feel that the Cubs need to do it. Yes, Mervis has got to eventually learn how to hit lefties at the major league level, but you got to get this guy going just in general against someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I hear you, but I, they got to continue. They got to play them both. Uh, maybe not both in the same lineup every day, but they, they got to play both. Marcus Stroman is your National League Player of the Week. 15 innings, no runs, five hits. Leads the major leagues in quality starts. First Cub to win National League Player of the Week since Alec Mills. <laughs> Cubs legend, baby. Huh? Where Cubs were you legend. for the Alec but here's Mills the thing. NL Player of the Week or Pitcher I was, of the Week? I was talking to Herb Lawrence before the game tonight, and we were discussing Stroman. He's like, oh, I'd love Stroman on the south side. And I was like, well... I think people love him on the north side, too. It's like he's he's one of the best pitchers in baseball this season. I think they personally should re-sign him. The question is, if he's looking for an extension to avoid the opt-out, what is he going to want? Okay, he's making $25 mil a year this year. Yeah. Huh. The other old guys that are not pitching as well as him, some of them are making $40 mil a season. So what's he making this year? 25. 25. Okay. So he's 32. He's going to want to bump to at least 30. Right. To not opt out, he's going to be like, pay me 30. Mm -hmm. So I listened to cap this morning. Cap was saying, 
I'd give him 30 for three years. So $90 million. He's 32, three, four, five. Uh, I'd prefer he takes 27, but what's the number that's too high? And if, if he does want that number that's too high, he loves being here. We know he does. Mm-hmm. But if, if there isn't, if he just wants what market value is, which is probably greatly overpaid, at what point will the Cubs say no and then have to trade him? Right? Like, that's, it, it's not as black and white as we want him, we keep him. It is if your owner says spend whatever, but I don't think that's the case. I do think that if you believe this Cubs team is going to be serious next year about, you know, we said it going into this season, serious about pushing for a playoff spot. It's not totally out of the realm of possibilities, but if you're serious about dominating the division next year and, and doing something in the playoffs, you got to keep Stroman, even if you overpay him for three years. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's kind of what me and Corey talked about on the show yesterday was just that, like, Stroman is a good pitcher, and he's doing it this season to, to like, a level we haven't seen him do it in a Cubs uniform, but he's doing it the way he's kind of always pitched, right? Like, he's not a guy that's going to, um, you know, blow people away with high-velocity fastballs, right? Like he's right. the sinker. And the sinker and the secondary stuff is, is what's working for him. That's what's always worked for him. And, like, he's going to be – just the way he pitches is going to be, um, you know, just the the type of pitcher that kind of ages a little better into their 30s than a guy that, you know, mows people down with fastballs. Like, yeah. if it, he's, a, he's a sinker ball pitcher. Yeah, that's his bread-and-butter pitch, and he gets a lot of ground balls. And with the defense that they've built, that works. And so that's a kind of pitcher that would age well for the next few years, especially while they have Dansby and Nico was that through twenty twenty six. Um, so yeah, if you're looking at you know who what pitcher fits in this rotation in this system well, what starting pitcher, like you have him on the roster right now, and and what, a guy that's going to be should be able to pitch uh, at a level at a level or near this level while you have those other guys that you've locked down long term, like. Marcus Stroman is that kind of guy. And I get that if he's pitching this way at the trade deadline, he might actually get a decent package back for him uh, if they do end up selling. But as Luke said, like, if you're if you're serious about really – I mean, I mean, they were serious about competing this year, right? And so far that hasn't exactly happened. Next year is 2024, a new year. You should be better. You should be playing better. You should have more of your better prospects up, like – it would be ideal for the Cubs to have Marcus Stroman leading that starting rotation next year too, mm-hmm. not just this year, like next year. So, yeah, it's it, it's tough to say to trade Marcus Stroman because he's been pitching so well, and when your team is built on run prevention, like you you need good pitching, and he's he may be one of the better pitchers that they could bring back right now this you know this offseason. So and, I don't. And as we've yeah. seen with a lot of the Cubs' young. Arms, you know, whether it's Killian, Wesneski, you know, we're going to see Ben Brown eventually. Like, it's not like they've come up and just absolutely, you know, dominated for a half a season even. We've seen Wesneski dominate for a month at the end of a year where the season was basically over, and we've seen him have ups and downs this year. I can't say that I won't expect that with Brown, you know what I mean? Like, 
they got some young arms. You can use some of those guys in the bullpen while they continue to develop, and eventually they can be starters one day. I, I again, like, and when we go back and talk about the trade deadline earlier, like, it just doesn't. If they, they, everyone envisioned this team to be at least, at least a playoff team next year in terms of not even like just because they're in the worst division in baseball, like like a clear playoff contender next year based off the fact that prospects like PCA will be could could be ready and and, and other guys, right? That like Ryan said, better prospects coming up. You know, I know the the free agent market isn't isn't super heavy outside of Chapman and Otani this offseason, but still like they you you have another offseason to make the team better and then you have you have young guys that are on the team now that are trying to continue to get better the rest of this year and go into next year like again you they can sell in a way to where they can still compete i think it's going to be weird and that doesn't make any sense as i say that today but that's how i envision it because selling your top your two of your top three starters and Cody Bellinger just doesn't make sense. If you sell Bellinger, I guess it makes sense in a way because it's a one year deal anyway. But and you and you, who knows if you? I don't know how more than feel. Stroman it does. Yeah, Bellinger makes also more because sense because you have a young Stroman. center fielder. Coming. Yes, I still don't like necessarily agree with that being the reason why you would trade right, him. Me but Put him that first. one that is one that I'm like, all right, like fine, I get it, but. Yeah, no, like it. That's why, what, like what we were talking about earlier, with the whole like they need to start winning games because like it's gonna look real bad if they're selling for a third straight, third straight trade yeah. deadline, man. That's as, as that's much as it would jet make on sense. the hot seat, man. As much as it would make sense, like in that situation, they're they are out of the division, like mm-hmm. whatever. As much as like you understand why they're doing it, you're also like they weren't supposed to do that this year. They were right. supposed to compete. They were supposed to be better, and now it's. You know, end of July going into August, and they're back to where they were last year. Like, like that's not where they were supposed to be this year. So that it feels kind of unacceptable considering what they t- what they did this off season and what they talked about doing this year. Yeah, I I don't uh, know, more, man. We got one more super chat. Ryan Downs, he's getting a lot of money, Thanks, man. Today. Coming up big. If today, that ninety eight team can make the playoffs, this team can too. Mickey Morandini, Jeff Blauser, Lance Johnson, Henry Rodriguez. Yeah, but don't they went they went Simpson, nowhere. Bro. <laughs> they they went nowhere, and so did the future. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what's going to make you feel better but hey, tonight. We still, we still saw Sosa hit 60 bombs for like five straight years. That was great. <laughs> uh, Goose Island is the official beer of CHGO and Chicago's beer since 1988. The beer roster, Goose IPA, Tropical Beer Hug, the 312 Weed Ale, and Cody's new favorite, the Full Pocket Pilsner. Might do it for a beer bet chug tomorrow. Who knows? God, please. Grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne. That's in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. This will make you feel good, too. I saw the comment in the chat from Marcos. Uh, Just realized yesterday was National Cancer Survivor Day. Both Trey Mancini and Liam Hendricks had cancer. Mancini had a homer. Liam with a win. Love feel-good stories like that. Can't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah I can't disagree with that either. Um, all right, it so nice. tomorrow, Wesneski takes on the Angels. What do you expect? 
Well, I'm hoping he continues to do what he did in that relief outing yeah. when he came in for steel last week. Does he need a piggybacker? I don't think so. I, I mean, he's, so. he's stretched out as a starter. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, the he's, only reason I think – I mean, remember how when he, uh, taking him out was such a, like, controversial thing – the YouTube chat was shouldn't have been was once again calling for David Ross's head. Shouldn't have been a controversial, uh, probably the least controversial decision that was it, made that game. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm just I'm just pointing out what was happening. All right. Um. I think that you know the Angels never seen this guy, and sometimes that can work in your favor, right? So we'll see. I feel good about him going tomorrow. The Cubs need to see uh, him start to you know have a little bit have a little bit of a good stretch. Um, and I, you know, he, in that relief outing, I didn't know what to expect. And he, he was, fine. he was great. Good. He was good. And, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see him pitch tomorrow against the angels, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Need the Cubs to play well so they can show Shohei Otani that yes. they can be good. Yes. This is a showcase. Showcase. Showcase we series, baby. Rake, West Nesky to shove. Yeah. yeah. I know the Shohei to look at Wesneski go, man, I want to be in a rotation with yeah, that guy. <laughs> right? How's he throw a slider like that? Of course, I might be traded for him, but. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, you know, like, that's, they need to, they need to, they need to win this series. I mean, I think I said five and five uh, on this road trip mm-hmm. before it started. So we're two and two at this point. Like, got to, got to win this, got to win this series. For that to still be possible. So speaking yeah. of winning, who you got? Oof. Quick wrap up. Corey had Suzuki. Cody had Horner. Brendan had Hap. Ryan had Swanson, and I had Wisdom. Yeah. The award goes to Brendan Miller tonight. Yeah, pitch Hap, doctor. Two walks and a hit. I don't think who who I've picked for who you got like the last four games has even gotten a hit. So I'm like I'm kind of in a slump myself. You dropped a twelve and forty five. Remember yeah, I, I don't remember winning. the last time I won one, and I'm at a point where I'm just going to start taking guys who are struggling, so that way maybe I manifest them playing playing well. Because uh, like if I if I take guys who are playing well, then they don't play well. So if I take guys who aren't playing well, like I'll I'll I can be this summer's Joey if I have to since he's gone now. Summertime Joey. Yeah, like Joey just purposely last year would take Gomes or. Right. Or Hayward, you know, yeah, Jason Hayward was like, guy. So like now I'm like anytime Master Boney's in the lineup, give him. That's to your me. guy. I'm That's gonna your take guy. him. Everyone thinks I'm a stand for him anyway, even though I'm not. I'm just not a. I, I'm just like right down the middle with it, in my opinion. Uh, so him or like any of them, any of them that are struggling, they're mine because I, I give up on who you got this year. Man, thanks to everybody in the live chat that stayed with us tonight. Almost midnight after a 5 nothing loss. You're the reason we're doing it. We love uh, you. We love you all. Hit the like button on the way out. We still got almost 100 people in there. Thank you. We appreciate it. We will be here for pregame tomorrow and then postgame. Late hopefully night. after Wes Nesky goes dealing. But Shoves. Until then, Please. thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. And until tomorrow, (laughs) fly the W.